today's episode is brought to you by db db is a scandinavian brand that makes backpacks and bags to help people on the move stay ready for anything from the streets to the peaks db's gear is travel tested by some of the best athletes adventurers and creators over the past decade db designed and developed release and refine the best bags in the market with db's patented hookup system you are able to attach smaller products to your backpack roller or tote you know it's important to have the right luggage or bag when you're traveling especially if you're like me you're not only taking your clothes but you're taking equipment such as cameras and laptops we are teaming up with db to exclusively offer our listeners 10 percent off your next purchase by using the code pod 10 or going to the link in our show notes db it's time to move on time to get going I think because I knew once I once I got there, yeah, I mean, I, I knew weeks in that he was coming. I mean, mm. I, at, at some point, I felt like it was obvious. Um, but, you know, still, you know, being excited and still, you know, trying to observe enough and taking the moment enough that, OK, how am I going to write this? And how am I? I mean, you know, this was one of the first things I've written in a while where sometimes I'll put in a pitch and then like that night I'll write everything as is. Mm-hmm. Um uh, you know, pull it back the curtain a little bit. I had already had several feelings going into this date that I wrote like maybe a paragraph one day and I kept it like, oh, okay, well, that sounds good. Let me keep that. So I had like a bunch of like small blurbs that I had to work with by the time I actually sat down. In the pro wrestling world, there are plenty of content creators. There are plenty of writers, bloggers, vloggers, and people who just like to rant and rave about what they do but believe it or not there are very few people who actually put time and effort into this craft as far as learning the fundamentals of journaling today's guest is the one and only phil Lindsay. phil a chicago native has been writing pro wrestling content for a long time Currently, he writes for Bleacher Report. And if you're a wrestling fan, you may have heard of a return of a guy by the name of CM Punk. Punk was one of the most beloved superstars in pro wrestling over seven years ago. And he abruptly stopped after being disgruntled with the WWE and everything else. Well, Phil got a chance to go to Chicago during his return. And Phil being a Chicago native, just like CM Punk, he was able to give us insight on that. And it's one of the reasons why I'm a fan of his, and I'm happy to welcome him on today's show. Ladies and gentlemen, here's my conversation with Phil Lindsay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, on the line today, I have one of the most respected journalists in the wrestling community. Uh, You know, there's always a lot of writers. There's always a lot of bloggers, but like myself, he took the time to go learn the craft And I'm excited to welcome on the one and only Phil Lindsay. What's up, Phil? How you feeling today? Good, man. That was a better introduction. I feel like I deserve, man. (laughs) I'm going to take the compliment, man. I appreciate you. Nah, man, you know, um, (laughs) I I definitely appreciate you taking time out your busy day to come on here. Uh, You know, I've been a fan of your work for some years and respected everything that you've done. So I couldn't wait to talk to you. 
Yeah, yeah. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, you know, before we get into your career, I always like to ask everybody, how are you doing? You know, um, I, I started this podcast in really the beginning of 2020. It was kind of, you know, the end of 2019, but it was, you know, really the beginning of 2020. And then, you know, everything was going wild. Well, then boom, COVID hit. So, you know, unfortunately, some people may think we are, but we're really not out of the pandemic. So how have you been doing? How have you been able to balance life and your mental health? Um, it's been kind of tough. I do think that it's been better lately. Um, just being able to get back outside a little bit, um, with the vaccine and other stuff. Uh, but yeah, that first, uh, few months when it first hit, it was, it was tough being cooped in. Um, I will say, I think the, the positive that came out of it, um, you know, I was trying to start doing interviewing more at the time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like because everybody was doing the Zoom interviews, I got a little bit more interviews and I got more people willing to say yes because they were <laughs> they were cooped up as well. Um, so, you know, that was a small bright spot in a pretty dark year. Yeah, well, that's good, you know. Um, and, and, and that's one of the things that I'm um, grateful is to see, which been fun to watch, honestly, from afar, is watching everybody improve on their craft. You know, if you look at, a lot of the different podcasts, um, whether it's on a high level or whether it's independent, you see the progress of what they was doing before to what they're doing now. So that's one thing about the pandemic. I think that we've all been able to see everybody kind of grow with each other. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And I've been kind of watching a lot of other people get more comfortable interviewing and that's good to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, yeah, let's talk about your career, you know, um, before before we get to college, when did you did you always know that you wanted to be a writer? Was that something you grew up, uh, you know, admiring or did you do like any creative writing? No, I did like creative writing for my own, mm-hmm. like just for my own personal stuff. But I didn't like go to school for it. Like, I mean, I, of course, I took classes and stuff, um, but it wasn't something I majored in in college. Uh, so I had a really good friend that um, was like why are you not blogging at one point? And I was like, you want to blog? Like nobody wants to read what I have to say. Like what, nobody's really interested in what I have to say. So, you know, I didn't have any interest in do it, but um, I want to say about four years ago, maybe five, I started my own personal blog and that was just kind of a way to get like by writing out there. It was just maybe like personal thoughts on things or, you know, by the opinion on something, I just would drop it there. And it just kind of went from there. Have you found writing to be therapeutic sometimes? Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I know a lot of people say, you know, um, you know, some you have two people, right? Two sets of people. A lot of people who don't like to write at all. Uh, they get frustrated because they, you know, feel like they're not good enough. But then you also have people say it's easy and, you know, it does, you know, it is service therapy for them. Um, now, you um, you went to school. Uh, you majored in game and interactive media design. Yeah. So what yep. led you down that path? And was it, were you like always a gamer growing up? Um. Well, when I first started college, I, um, I used to draw a lot. Like I used to draw a ton. And so at first, you know, I wanted to do something with art. And so when I first got there, you know, you get all of the people that are like, ah, oh, you can't make money as an artist. You can't make money doing this. And I was like, all right, well, let me try gaming because, you know, there's um, there's money in gaming. There's money, at least in 3D animation and other stuff. And, you know, push come to shove, I can at least say it was a cool experience. Um, 
And it was, it was a cool experience. I learned a lot about animation. I learned a lot about 3D modeling, but I think after I finished, it was kind of like, cause it's kind of a tough, it's kind of a tough industry to get into. You mm-hmm. gotta be really, really good. And I feel like once I got out of it, I feel like I kind of really just enjoyed drawing it. Maybe I should have just went and did like illustration or maybe did like creative writing or something else. Um, but you know, that's a whole different topic together and, you know, being careful about your major you pick and you know how fast you gotta make that choice coming straight out of high school. I don't think people think about that sometimes. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up, especially for people who are, you know, kind of, you know, some of the younger listeners who are kind of wondering like which path they want to go, you know, because it, sometimes that decision, you know, it can be a fast decision you gotta make. And yeah, you could change your major, but sometimes when you change it down the line, you know, it's like, oh man, why well, didn't took all these classes and now yeah. It's kind of a waste, you know? <laughs> yeah, um, I um, I took this uh, drawing class because you had prerequisites that were just drawing classes, right? Mm-hmm. And so I did I did drawing class and I'll never forget, I used to do all of my stuff super last minute. Um, I used to procrastinate and I would just, you know, come come in there with good, good work. And so my <laughs> teacher was like, what are you doing here? Like, what are you doing in this class? Like, what do you, why are you not taking like, you know, higher level illustrating classes. And I'm like, eh, I don't, you know, I'm not really that interested. And she was like, what is your major? And I told her my major and she was like, why are you doing that? And I was like, I don't know. I just thought, you know, it would be, you know, fun. I thought it was something I would be interested in. And she was like, how you don't want to make that mass produced stuff. And I didn't understand it at the time, but mm-hmm. now, you know, it kind of sunk in like, now, you know, I think maybe, you know, I should have did that. So that's kind of another thing, you know, sometimes you just have to listen to people that are, there and they've they've been through it already i want to take a quick minute to talk about mental health as you all know we are living in unprecedented times whether it's the racial pandemic or the covid19 pandemic well i want to introduce you to hope again counseling services where transformation begins hope again provides help for children adolescents adults family and couples so give them a call at 410-698-8442 or visit them on the web at yourhopeagain.com to book your appointment. If you are willing to believe, you will begin to achieve and ultimately Hope Again Counseling Services can help you receive all that is meant for you. You know, let's talk about the wrestling stuff. So one, I always love asking this question. When when did you become a fan? What's your first pro wrestling memory? Um, I became a wrestling fan. I don't remember exactly when in grade school, but um, you know, I was big on the magazines because my friend used to collect the magazines. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he he brought me to school one day, and that's kind of like my first like view in the wrestling. And that's when I was like, what is this? This is cool. And he had a he had like the old school Undertaker on the front with the the tie and urn. And I was like, this is this is cool. And that's how I kind of got into it. And I started watching from there. Does that one with the old block logo? Yeah. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so we talking maybe like 94 through 96-ish? Yeah, it had to be around that time. Okay. So you, so it was the magazines that drew you in. Right, right. Um, and of course, you know, we didn't have a ton of money. So I was watching the TV and then like I would come in and anybody that I knew that ordered the pay-per-view, like I'd come <laughs> and talk to them about the pay-per-view the next day. And but, you know, I wasn't going to a bunch of shows or ordering the shows. 
No, nah, that's funny you say that because that's one of the things that um I th- that's missing from and maybe it's not necessarily a bad thing, but you know, for me, I always talked about it was the phone calls, right? Um, we if we didn't order the pay per view, I had a friend, you know, was well, it's twenty twenty one. I don't think nobody's gonna get in trouble. Uh, he had a hot box, uh, and I knew Mondays after the pay per views, I would always call him to figure out during the summertime, like, hey, who won last night? You know, right? Because I knew he would watch it, and I remember we had this whole discussion. Of course, as children, you don't know. And then he was like, well, why, if it was illegal, why would you, why would they sell it? Not knowing his parents <laughs> probably got it, got it from somebody. But the hot box was the thing back in the day. Um, yes. I, you know, you, you know, I think some people may have had the, that one friend or they knew somebody who ordered all of them. Um, but that was the thing, you know, uh, and I think that's pretty cool. You know, um, you bringing that up, the fact that, you know, going to people and talking about it to figure out, now, one of the things I always appreciate about your writing, which we'll get into, though, is that you're a fan of pro wrestling, you know, which you, you obviously have people who are sports entertainment fans. But do you remember when you started becoming a fan of stuff outside of, you know, the major companies, though, the stuff that was so easy to get access to, like WWE? Um, oh, yeah, that was years, years down the line. I want to say okay. that that was like that was in like the 2000s at some point. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I, I always say like a big part of uh, what made the pipe bomb interesting is it got people to go, okay, what is that? What is he talking about? Because I had never heard of New Japan until he said it in that promo. Really? And, right. But, and it was just like, okay. it was just like other things like that where I'm like, well, you know, you know, I've, I had heard of Ring of Honor, but mm-hmm. him mentioning it. And, you know, I, of course, knew some of his stuff from Ring of Honor, but it made me think like, okay, what else is there? Because Punk's saying that I want to go look at it. <laughs> You know, it's so funny. I've heard everybody talk about different parts of that pipe bomb, right? Like, you know, from the fact of whether or not it was work or how it made them feel or how it even related to their job. Like, but I never heard nobody bring up the fact that it made them look for other uh, those other wrestling companies. You know, that's the you're the first person I heard say that. Um and so, you know, we and for those who do not know, in 2011, CM Punk, you know, kind of was given an open mic and he said everything how he felt. Uh, but so that's what made, led you to kind of look into the other companies. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like I looked into it before that, but I feel like mm-hmm. him mentioning New Japan definitely got me more interested in New Japan than I was because like I said, I didn't know about it. OK, now, was you writing for Diva Dirt yet? Um, I started there that 2017 or 2018. So that was way long down the line. Okay. Yeah, I think that's when I first started, you know, catching some of your stuff. Um, Because I used to, you know, I used to always pay attention to what they said. You know, I'm a huge fan of women's wrestling. So, um, and and the craft of it. So that's when I kind of, you know, would pay attention. So how how was your experience there? And, you know, especially your writing essentially just about women's wrestling and you know at that time we're starting to get better coverage of it but it wasn't all it wasn't like i mean you can make the argument that it is or it's not today but you know at that time it wasn't you know you wasn't seeing the women main event wrestlemania yeah yeah um i it was a, I, it was a good experience in the sense that it gave me kind of my first break i remember um like uh, 
shout out to TK Trinidad and like Evan. Um, I remember like when I first got like any kind of exposure outside of like people just retweeting or sharing an article and they talked about one of my articles on, on their show and I was like, yo, that's kind of dope. And I saw it show up somewhere else and I was like, that's kind of cool. And so I feel like that was like my first like real break as a writer there. And mm-hmm. I feel like everything else I've gotten from that, from writing has kind of started there. Um, There's some things there that weren't great, um, you know, but, you know, that's just, you know, that just comes with the territory when you're a contracted writer. Yeah. Do you have a moment, um, like one of your favorite articles that you wrote there? Um, I did something like around Black History Month and it was on like Ethel Johnson. It was on the uh, Lady Wrestler documentary before it came to Amazon. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's back when Chris was still trying to uh, get it on streaming platforms and he had just showed it at the film festival. And okay. I just thought it was such an interesting story because it was kind of like um, hidden figures where we don't hear a lot about Ethel and a lot of those women. And so it was something I really wanted to cover for Diva Dirt because I felt like not a lot of people knew who they were. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the article that got picked up by uh, TK and it got picked up by uh, Raina Bell. And I made relationships off that but it wasn't just the fact that I made relationships and got exposure it was just something I really felt like needed to be out there and you know I'm trying to support black women trying to support black wrestlers as much as possible and so I felt like that kind of gave me this um battery in my back to like no write about you know black wrestlers who are not talked about as much as I can because a lot of other people in our industry are not going to do that mm-hmm. nah that's true that is definitely true and uh you know, shout out to you. You know, I definitely want to give you your flowers publicly for doing that because it, it's um, it's a it's a task. It's a tall task, and it comes with great responsibility because you know you still want to be accurate, but especially when you're covering something nobody else is covering. You know, you want to do those families justice. And shout out to Chris um, as well because you know for him doing that, he's opened up a lot of awareness about those uh, black women. And especially when there was a botch during the hall of fame, you know, um, he was like, you know, you know, being able to call that out and people could see that there was a botch based on with the work that y'all had put in right now. Are you planning a huge celebration and perhaps you need some balloons to make your event look nice? Well, I have the perfect place for you. And a symphony of balloons. Symphony of balloons will do all events, including baby showers, weddings, birthday parties, or that special anniversary. Contact them today at 410-802-1531 or email them at symphonyofballoons at gmail.com and tell them Brian H. Waters sent you. So the Bleacher Report, how long, uh, how did the opportunity come about? Um, you know, you've been obviously you do a lot of great things. How did that opportunity come your way? Um, yeah, it's crazy. I was just telling somebody I've been there for a year, which it doesn't seem like that. Um, I, how did that come about? I, it kind of came about at the same time as I got the complex thing, which just still sounds crazy in my head. Like, mm-hmm. um, no, you know what? I take that back. They were like a month apart. Um, okay. So um i was i had left diva dirt at that point and i was doing 
stuff at another women's wrestling site, Belt of Bells, and I was just kind of volunteering there. It wasn't like it was a paid thing. It was just like I was just volunteering to help there. And, you know, I would get some other paid things off of that, and I was doing a lot of other smaller things. And so I got a message from their editor on their wrestling team out of blue one day. And it was like, hey, would you be interested in writing here? And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. And of course, you know, I had to do like all of the, you know, interview stuff and whatever and send in samples. But, you know, that's kind of how I went from there. And I found out, you know, somebody recommended me based off of work um, that I, did, I think for either Daily DDT or somewhere else. Um, and so, yeah, it's just kind of one of those things where you hear people talk about how, you know, don't do anything for free or, you know, don't you don't take like uh, those like click for pay things or like rev share things. Uh, but I feel like at one point I was doing so much and I was like doing so much either just because I wanted to get content out there. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it got me noticed enough to get other places. And so sometimes you just have to do that. I mean, you know, it's not ideal, you know, if you can avoid it, sure. But, you know, sometimes that, uh, that you know, writing for exposure does help. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm glad you said that because, you know, a lot of college students, you know, they so internships are different nowadays compared to when we was coming up. Right. Because it's almost it's almost rare that the internship is unpaid. You yeah. know, a lot of these almost all the big companies are paying now. You know, when I interned at the Baltimore Sun in media relations. And this is around the time um, it was certainly during it was the 2012. So certainly during like CM Punk's title reign. And I got a chance to cover um, one of our local uh, RCW just to kind of put things in perspective. Uh, at that time, Jazz had came to the show. Um, she was taking on Kimberly, you know. Um, so and it was cool. You know, I got a chance to cover it for work. But I wasn't it, I was an unpaid intern. It was during the Ravens Super Bowl season. Um, but yeah. nowadays people are getting paid, which I'm happy about. But, you know, I'm glad you kind of, you know, put that out there for uh, listeners to understand. Now, um, how does it you go about the process? Because one of the things that I uh, really enjoyed was your uh, piece a couple of weeks ago about CM Punk's return to Chicago. Well, return to wrestling. Right. And yeah. how everything had lined up perfectly. Um, you know, one of the things that I was able to enjoy was your personal perspective of it, right? Because everybody's going to write about the article. Okay, CM Punk, he came back, he said this, he said that, you know, but you was able to kind of like detail it, but also make a comparison to Michael Jordan coming back, you know? How is it like, try to make sure I can answer this right, uh, the way I hear it in my head. How are you able to like make sure like you can kind of pitch these ideas where you're writing from that first person perspective and sharing your experience in that case? Um, uh, well, you know, I, because I, I went and I, I knew that I was going to go with media. Um, it's, it's, like you said, it's only so many times, any ways you can cover this. Like, you, you know, you got to give the facts of it. And, you know, I feel like um, when I, when I talked to my editor about writing about it, I was like, you know, I'm from here, I'm from the city, like there's certain cultural and, you know, <laughs> significant things for me that looking at it from the outside in that I wanted to cover it in that way. And, you know, uh, my editors just, you know, trust me enough to do that. Um, mm-hmm. now, of course, you got to get your facts right in there too, because you can't just go, all right, you know, I want to get, you know, my personal account of it. But also, you know, you also want to make sure that you have everything correct as well. Um, 
but yeah, it's just a matter. I think if your work speaks for itself, I've, mm-hmm. I've done other things from my personal viewpoint. And I just think if your work is well enough, you know, your editor will trust you to do that. Yeah. Now, how do you balance? Because you're a fan, but you're also working, right? And that was a night. I mean, they had, they showed the TV, uh, the clip of the man crying, right? Mm-hmm. That was like, I'm sitting at home. And, you know, um, I was on Spaces with you earlier that day. And I remember you kind of, you broke down the significance for me to really, if, 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 if there was anybody to sell me that was punk was really coming, it was you. Because mm-hmm. you heard the rumors, but it's like, yeah, whatever. But when you broke down that the, um, they booked the United Center and nobody books the United Center, that's something in Baltimore. I'm not, I don't right. know, I hear Chicago, right? It's like, oh, okay, they're in Chicago. For, for my old knowledge, it's like, wait, the All-State Arena, that's not where the Bulls play. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and, and that's being just a um, uh, typical, you know, out-of-towner. Then when, you know, unless I'm like doing the actual research and say, oh, okay, there's two different arenas. So when you broke all of that down, that's when I knew Punk was coming. I'm going to be honest with you. That's when I knew. So, like, how was you able to stay, like, you know, kind of balance the two of, being in work mode, but also just taking it in as a fan because it was history. Yeah, I think I, I, I think because I knew once I once I got there. Yeah, I mean, I, I knew weeks in that he was coming. I mean, mm-hmm. I, at, at some point I felt like it was obvious. Um, but, you know, still, you know, being excited and still, you know, trying to observe enough and taking the moment enough that, OK, how am I going to write this? And how am I? I mean, you know. This was one of the first things I've written in a while where sometimes I'll put in a pitch and then like that night I'll write everything as is, Mm -hmm. Um, uh, you know, pull it back the curtain a little bit. I had already had several feelings going into this date that I wrote like maybe a paragraph one day and I kept it like, okay, well, that sounds good. Let me keep that. So I had like a bunch of like small blurbs that I had to work with by the time I actually sat down. And so that made it a little bit easier for me. And I could go into, okay, what was the feeling there? Like, you know, jot down, you know, you know, all the questions you want to ask yourself coming out of it. Um, But man, you know, in my bias, of course, um, when I pitched it, I was like, man, how much can I talk about the Bulls in this? How much can I talk about this? Because, you know, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of that era. I'm a fan of, you know, a lot of that. And I know that uh, Punk is a big Blackhawks fan so mm-hmm. I you know I know the importance of being the United Center for him and so I was like how much can I get all of that in there and how much can I also keep this about wrestling wow was that um so also what was really cool is so from a video editing standpoint right we do a lot of pre-production we'll grab clips beforehand so that we can you know put them in so that when by the time we actually record this show we already have the B-roll. So it's really cool to hear you talking about pre-production from a writing standpoint, you know, because most people like maybe write a bullet point, like, okay, these are, this is what I'm going to talk about. But to hear like you saying you write the blurbs and already have stuff together, I think that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't, you know, I don't come to everything the same way. Every now and then, you know, I'll have something that I'm really, really excited to write about. And so sometimes I'll have stuff that I already have written down. I mean, I know you're supposed to get the pitch first sometimes, but sometimes like in the in the midst of putting together my pitch, like I already have stuff that I kind of want to say that I'll start, you know, kind of writing down. Um, 
And sometimes I just, you know, come just write my first draft and then come back and, you know, change bits of it. Uh, but this was the first one because it was just such a different experience and being there that mm-hmm. and all of the thoughts of him possibly coming back to wrestling, like I just didn't want to lose any thoughts I had before I got to it. Yeah, well, I, like I said, I got to give you your props, man, because you took me for a ride. Um, I'm somebody who loves to read um, and I especially love reading people's uh, columns, especially on their perspective. But to, you know, on that high of pro wrestling making a shift, right? There's always this WWE versus AEW, you know, I, I'm be loud and I'm a WWE mark, whatever, right? <laughs> but at the same time, um, I, I'll even, you know, I'm actually preparing to uh, do a, a blog, um, um, a break it down with Brian H. Keeping 100 on the former stars, the quote unquote, that whole, the truth about the AEW stars being in former, the a, the former WWE stars being in AEW. There's a lot that I love about it because as much as I love the WWE, I love even more when they have another, when there's an alternative program, right? Um, yeah. That's something that's easy to watch. That's almost, I'll say same level as television, right? And I think it's better for the business because we're old enough to remember the Monday Night Wars and changing the channel, uh, meeting people. Which team do you ride with, WWF or WCW, you know? And so I think that's really cool. But, you know, you took me for a ride with this article because, I, you know, I was like, wow. Like, and before I knew it was over, (laughs) you know, I'm like, wait, oh, okay. You know, but that's how good it was. So... You know, that's why I was uh, happy that you, you know, you shared that perspective. Yeah, yeah. I was glad to, A, get a chance to be there in person for his return and then, you know, get a chance to write about it the next day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was a it was a humbling experience. And I especially like it came back and I saw like some of the reactions to it was good. I was like, I, you know, I'm just grateful that I got a chance to do that. Yeah. Now, I, do you um, how often have you been able to. Uh, cover wrestling like in person like that as far as like AEW or WWE do you get a chance to go like cover it all the time as they come into town I don't um, okay. I got a chance to do a little bit more of that before before the pandemic mm-hmm. um, but not a lot lately you know we're just now getting back out to live shows okay now when you look back at everything you know the title of the show is called Breaking Through the Glass Ceiling right um what was the one point when you realized, like, oh, I'm really good at this? <laughs> you know, uh, when, when do you feel you broke through the glass ceiling? Um, I think at some point you got to look around and see, like, you like, you know, if you believe in, like, manifesting things and everything is kind of coming together at the same time. And I feel like I was getting a lot of um, opportunities at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I was like this is like a thing that's happening. It's like, you know, at some point you got to get past that, like, um, imposter syndrome of like, ah, you know, do I deserve this? You know, I don't know if everybody, I don't know if I can actually do this. And it was kind of like, no, you're getting all of this at the same time because you're good at this. And, you know, sometimes you got to look at certain things that you get and say no to it because it's like, nah, I'm kind of better than this. Mm -hmm. And that's not arrogance. It's just like, no, I know that I can, I know that there'll be another opportunity later. Wow. Do you have a moment like would you have like that one time period where you remember this all happening for you? Um, I would say like it's like right when I got Bleacher, the Re- Bleacher Report offer, I got an offer from um, another site at the same time. 
Mm-hmm. And then a month later, I got offered the chance to do the thing for Complex. So wow. it was like all, all within like three months. I mean, like two months. <laughs> wow, that's amazing, man. That's definitely amazing. What do you see, like, what is your ultimate goal, you know, as you continue in your career and doing everything? If you don't uh, mind sharing. Uh, you know, I, I definitely would tr- like to try and do more interviews. I definitely want to try and, you know, keep trying to, do more columns and, you know, just change the way that, you know, people write about wrestling a little bit. Cause I feel like there's a lot of, you know, people either, either they want to be a scoop guy or they want to be, you know, the guy that, you know, kind of editorializes everything. And I feel like I want to be able to kind of like I did with the punk piece, you know, um, add my personal opinions to it, but also, you know, cover it in an objective way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, certainly, I definitely, uh, I'm a fan. I'm definitely looking forward to more pieces, man. Uh, you know, before we get out of here, let the people know where they can find you. Uh, you can find my work at Bleach Report, of course. Still trying to get them to fix my profile. I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes you click it and it goes to error. Uh, I don't know. Don't <laughs> want to get to Randy on that. Um, <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter, at PhilDL616. I'm always surprised when people, like, this weekend, I saw people and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know you from Twitter. And it's like, like, and every now and then somebody like, that's where I know you from. Like, oh, like, they don't know the writing. They know the Twitter. It's weird. <laughs> When's the first time that happened to you? Um, What, the uh, Twitter exchange like that? Yeah. Um, And was it within the wrestling community? It was definitely within wrestling. I was at a show. And it was like, maybe like a small indie show. And somebody was saying... um like somebody tweeted me afterwards and they were like, Hey, I think I saw you at this show, but I couldn't tell if it was you, but you know, there are not a lot of black guys with, mm. with locks at, at indie shows or some of these other shows. So it's like, I'm pretty sure it was you. And I, I wanted to come up and say hi. And I was like, nah, nah, come say hi if you do. And like, sometimes people will walk up and say hi like that. And I'm like, it's kind of weird. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. Hey man, you, you, you made it, <laughs> you know, uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's um you know just like i mean me and Dwayne been doing the wrestling round this is our 10th anniversary year and we started going to shows together after the first year so like 2012 and with him being six foot seven you know he's hard to miss but people would come up to us and be like oh y'all from the wrestling round and it's definitely a humbling experience because you know you're putting out content you, yeah. you know you're praying that you relate to somebody with it and they enjoying it and then people come up to you and you know and they start talking to you about it you know and i think it's really the coolest thing that happened to me this past weekend at jimmy seafood you know and this is my first time going out in a while uh, shout out to my friends from the flex zone shout out to my bloodline brick waters we was out and you know just being out there you know people coming up to her hey you're brit you know so it's really cool and you know, wrestling fans are wrestling fans. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I definitely will say that seeing people in person is a is a different experience than Twitter because I feel like Twitter is just so contentious sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so when you see people out in public, it's like it's all love, it's all happiness. Like everybody's happy to be at shows, everybody's happy to be enjoying wrestling. It's none of this tribalism of oh, I'm on this side of the fence, you're on this side of the fence. It's cool. And I, that's definitely what I've enjoyed about getting back out to shows. Yeah, definitely. Well, Phil, I definitely appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, thank you for taking the time out your busy schedule. Yeah, thanks for having me again. No problem.
all right ladies and gentlemen thank you for joining me on this episode of break it through glass ceilings hope you enjoy my conversation with phil make sure y'all subscribe to the podcast share it with your friends make sure you let them know they can go ahead and get it from spotify apple google anchor and all other podcasting platforms remember folks do not let anyone set up a ceiling that you can't break through so long everyone